We are in a position to reshape the face of business. That's what's exciting. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, Shanghai-based founder of Collector Responsibility, here today with another edition of the Sustainable Ambassador Podcast. Today, I'm joined by C.B. Patatraya, who is the founding director of the Center of Sustainable Business at the University of Pittsburgh and the H.G. Hoffer Chair of Sustainability and Ethics at the Katz Business School of Business. And today, we're going to talk about the leadership skills and traits and trends that he's been seeing, and then what's the role of a sustainability center at a business school. So, C.B., thank you very much for taking the time to meet with us. Uh, as a starting point, if you wouldn't mind giving us an introduction to yourself and how you got into the space. Thank you, Rich, and, and, and thank you very much for having me on your show. So how did I get into the space? Well, I think it's a culmination of a number of reasons. The first thing is I grew up in India and in uh, West Bengal, and I grew up seeing this kind of fight between the haves and the have-nots from a very, very young age, seeing poverty on the street. And, and you know, so when you watch a bunch of people fighting over a bucket of water in the morning, you know, to, to get bathed and to go to work, I guess that leaves some kind of an imprint on your mind. And uh, then the third reason is when I came uh, abroad, I did my PhD uh, at the School, University of Pennsylvania, and then I went on to teach uh, at Emory University, my first job. I was given the job of teaching marketing research, and I'd actually been a brand manager in a company uh, prior, so I knew that you couldn't just learn research sitting at your desk, that you had to go out into the field and talk to people and such. And so I instituted a program whereby my students would do projects, field projects for uh, the nonprofits in the city of Atlanta, the people who didn't have the wherewithal to pay for consulting services. And so in the process, I met the CEO of Ben & Jerry's, Mr. Ben Cohen, back in the day, in the mid-1990s. And I said, look, we are doing this uh, program uh, for, where we are doing research for social cause organizations. And uh, do you have something that we could you know, uh, work on. And he said, you know, there's one question that intrigues me. He said, what's that? He said, you know, we do a lot of things for the environment. Uh, we support the rainforest. We do a lot of things for society. We pay our workers a living wage. So can yeah. you help me understand if what we do for the environment and for society, um, you know, does it help us sell ice cream? Yeah. Well, I don't know the answer to that question, but it's a very, very interesting question because as marketers, and my PhD is in marketing, we were, you know, always uh, thinking about what drives sales, but we weren't thinking about, you know, environmental attributes and social attributes as drivers of sales. So I like found that very intriguing, that question, this whole, and that led to my uh, a full transition in my career, I would say, in research-wise, because, you know, kind of, uh, it's a, it was like peeling an onion, you know, to get the answer yeah. to the question kind of under what conditions do people react? Because the answer is really, it depends. What's the current state of leadership around CSR and sustainability now? And how have things changed since you talked to Ben Cohen? Executives finally are realizing that it's not something that's nice to do. So CSR was something that's nice to do, but sustainability is something that we actually have to do in order to kind of, you know, um, survive, plain and simple. So this message has kind of over time come into the CEO's uh, suite, the C-suite, 
And several CEOs are acting on it. Is everybody? No, because the profit maximization uh, still reigns supreme. So I would say that we've seen change in maybe about a third of the companies who have kind of gotten the message and you've started implementing policies, um, you know, and have started understanding that sustainability is different from CSR and started implementing policies. So if I think back to the 90s, I mean, there, there weren't a whole lot of companies looking at this or doing much. And so now that you're saying there's a third. I mean, that's phenomenal. What's what's driving them? Is it marketing? Is it trying to access the consumers? Is it regulation? Or is it vision? What's driving them and in, in what you're finding lately? Well, some of them are doing it because it's the right thing to do. Regulatory mm-hmm. pressures, you know, kind of worldwide have, have been high and, and increasing. I think employees are a major force. They don't, they want to work for companies that kind of have embedded sustainability. So, so the war for talent is there. So it's it's all stakeholder pressure, kind of, you know, variety of stakeholder pressures that are working on the companies so that even if they don't think that it's the right thing to do, they believe that it's the smart thing to do. And then as an academic, how do you view yourself in this picture? What What's your role in helping these leaders find that business case for sustainability is this how do you see academics and business working together on these on these challenges i believe that you know academia and and business have a, a tremendous role in working together and i see academia contributing in in three ways really one is research you know we conduct research we publish and we disseminate those findings to 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 uh, practitioners who can use them in their strategy the second thing is teaching and training so so we training graduates and undergraduates kind of to think in terms of sustainability to to you know formulate implement and evaluate sustainability strategy that's number two so that they can hit the ground running when they get into the companies and the third thing is the thought leadership academia by dint of its neutrality if you will in in, in this space mm, yeah, can yeah. be a convener you know they so they're best positioned to be a convener because they're kind right. of neutral arbiters so I see the thought leadership as well so so it's research teaching, thought leadership. These are the three clear ways in which academia can contribute. So tell me about the center. How old is it? How did it come about? And what... What was its, I guess it's its starting vision or its its founding story, as it were? I founded the center here with the belief that we could actually, again, help companies make the most out of their sustainability investment. Companies seem to get the the, the why, kind of, okay, yeah. why they need to invest in sustainability. But they right. did not still get, or they still don't get the what and the how, kind of, you know, so, so you know, what, what initiatives should they invest in kind of and, and and how should they invest in those initiatives and with this premise approach the Heinz endowments uh, got some monies from them to launch the center what are the topics or what are the issues or what are the the tools that you are really focused on at that center? We have three work streams and our three work streams are decarbonization, decarbonizing middle America because we're sitting here. We have a work stream on workforce 100, which means that kind of everybody in the workforce needs to feel included. And so this is our diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, just, okay. you know, transition, that kind of stuff. And then we have a work stream called ESG Rosetta Stone. So ESG, as mm. you know, is like the, the hot topic. And so, but most people don't know what 
what should we measure? How should we measure? What should we disclose? How should we disclose? So yeah. we curate meetings, lunch and learns on these three work streams throughout the course of the year. That plus those curated meetings keeps us pretty busy, <laughs> honestly. Are you engaging professors and students at this point? Is that something in the future? How, how, how does this yeah. How does this integrate? Great question. Great question. So students are very much a part of it. So what we do is when we work with the companies, we have this um, kind of program whereby companies for a, a gold level of membership, they can get an MBA student as a fellow for the company who and the, and the MBA student works with the company for, for two semesters, you gotcha. know, and, and so that's a direct connection. So, so that we are promoting education, you know, we are, yeah. we are putting more of more for, you know, graduate students in, in, in contact and, and, you know, who knows, they may end up working with these companies, yeah. um, you know, kind of down the road and, or, or whatever. So students play a, a, an important role. We have uh, an academic advisory council who kind of gives us advice. And, and these are people from other universities, but we also have an internal kind of sustainability committee and a whole host of professors from the business school and mm -hmm. beyond. So we are also kind of, you know, making connections with, with engineering, uh, with the law school, right. with public policy, right. with, you know, so, so it's an interdisciplinary effort, but both professors and students are very much part of the life of the center. So then what's the vision for the long term of the center and how do you see it, I don't know, infiltrating, you know, becoming part of the, the whole ecosystem? Like what's your what's your big vision? If you had the money and you had the resources, what do you want it to achieve, um, say, in five or 10 years? Let's start, if not the center, at least the subject of sustainability today, you know exists because of insufficient integration into those subjects that you mentioned, HR, finance, strategy, accounting, you know, supply chain operations, all, all of that. Yeah. Now we don't have that yet. I would I would hope that in five to ten years, you know, we would have every professor teaching as if this is kind of you know the the, the normal way to do things. So at the end of the day, my vision, and this is what I laid out in my book, I mean, small actions, big difference, is that every employee in every company conducts business through the lens of sustainability, which means that yeah. any business decision they make, it integrates environmental and social kind of, you know, issues, concerns into that business decision. If that mm -hmm. happens, we don't need anything differently. Then we yeah. will be kind of able to continue. So uh, I don't know how many people have told you that they, they, they want themselves to <laughs> get out of the picture, but I think that's that's uh, that yeah. would make me very happy if I can see that in my lifetime. What the, what are the principles that it takes to go from we have a situation we don't know what to do to we're on the sustainable path and we're finding success? Like Ray Anderson, I'm going from I comply to I contribute, and and that was a 20 year course through mm -hmm. seven different stages. So mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. talk a little bit about your book and and maybe set it up in terms of like what what was the question you're trying to answer and how did you come out with small steps? Sure, sure. So the book is called Small Actions, Big Difference. Mm. And it basically promotes the idea that if we want to be long run sustainable, then we need all hands on deck. And so how do we in an organization that's like, you know, large or small or, or whatever size, how do we even begin to, to think about this and, and get to this destination? And so what I did was 
I told you the observation that sustainability is someone else's problem is pervasive in, in most companies. And so I started yeah. visiting companies, visited about, you know, more than 25 companies in multiple countries from Madagascar to Chile to, to Shanghai, mm. in fact, to, to the hearts mm. of London, whatever, to visit not just head offices, but also factories, branch offices, this, that, to get the real dope on kind of what happens. I mean, what's happening inside companies, what works and what doesn't work. And the model is basically based based on this idea of ownership. Using that, I build a model that has three steps. And the three steps are called incubate, launch, and entrench. So what is that societal benefit that you're providing? Number one. And second, you need to do what's called a materiality analysis to figure out which two or three goals do you want to pursue? Because it's easier for employees to remember two or three goals than 30. And in the launch phase, there's simply what we say is that you need to create willingness and you need to create ability. Willingness is like, why should I take on something more at this point of my life? I mean, you know, I already have so much to do. Well, then we have appeals for appeals for the heart. Hey, what are your yeah. children going to do if the planet blows up? That's and we have appeals to the mind. So, you know, yeah. this is, you know, you can save money if you if you save on this packaging material. But that's not enough. You have to create ability. So management systems, training, all that stuff comes in. So you want the costs of acting sustainably to be lower and the benefits of acting sustainably to be higher. Right. And the benefits can be higher by, by psychological rewards, you know, pats on the back and so on, but also promotions, tying incentives to sustainability performance. All of these things yeah. can increase the benefit. So that's the launch phase. And the final phase is called entrench. And to entrench something means to routinize. And how do you routinize? Well, you root by creating a culture, communication yeah. around sustainability, co-creating with employees, you know, mm -hmm. and collaborating with competitors. I mean, that's something becoming yeah, very yeah. important. Yep. So yep. all of these makes it kind of, oh, yeah, this is, this is who we are. Now, I have a follow-up article after the book, which actually shows that when employees perceive a sense of purpose, yeah. They act more sustainably on behalf of the company. And I'm talking about a quantitative link that. that, that oh, I yeah, sure. I totally agree. Totally agree. Know. Okay. So, but a lot of CEOs after a couple of years will kind of back away, give up, shift, pivot, whatever. And I'm curious, what are you finding in terms of the ones that don't? Like, what is it about a Ray Anderson or about a, you know, a CEO that has successfully navigated that shift that you find is unique against the other CEOs or executive brands or boards who after two to three years go, oh, this, is, this is really hard work, teeters away. So what do you think defines a CEO who goes through 10, 15, 20 years of that process versus the one who just after three years is like, that sounded nice. Now yeah. let's find another one. It, it, it's really your personal sense of purpose. It mm. starts with the belief that business exists to serve society, to serve you know the citizens of society, whether they are consumers, whether they are employees, suppliers, what have you. And only by serving them well, are you going to do well by your shareholders. So Ray Anderson's video, which I would highly recommend people to watch, he realized he had an epiphany that he was a plunderer. You know, he says, yeah. I, I realized I was a plunderer. I was just taking things away. These are people, those ex-CEOs that you are talking about, they have realized that no, business is not about making money. Business mm -hmm. is about creating value for all stakeholders, right? Once you figure that out, then your job becomes 
how do I best provide value to all stakeholders? And that becomes mm. the purpose of your life and the purpose of your business. And, and you cannot get fatigued of that. I mean, that, that's a life that's truly something that you need to pursue all your life. So I want to, I want to kind of wrap up a little bit on the academia side. So what are, what are the areas of business schools or what are the areas for centers for sustainability that you view for the next five or 10 years as being like, this is a great time to be here. What, what, what are the opportunities that you're seeing and how do you think a center should be positioning itself now that you have all these trends moving in seemingly the right direction? We are in a position to reshape the face of business. I think that's yeah. what's that's what's exciting. So the yeah. curriculum that we have is really a preparation for those students to go into the real world and kind of, you know, and, and shine. And what we want to do is we want to kind of equip them with the skills and the thought and the knowledge so that they become more interested in solving the problems of the world. As a last question, if you were talking to an academic who want to start a center, what are two to three pieces of advice <laughs> you give that individual to to take this on, to, to help them get a little bit further in setting up that center, you know, at a business school or on, and on a university campus? Um, have a strategy in place, kind of, you know, kind of a concept note, you know, so we work very hard to prepare, you know, a two-page, you know, one-page double-sided concept note of kind of who we are, what we are, et cetera. I mean, so when you mm -hmm. have that, you can start, I think, you know, banding that around to folks. I mean, the second thing is, is have, have, some champion, you know, so have a soft nod, at least, yeah, this is a good idea from, you know, some people, because it's important to get started. And, and if yeah. somebody is your ambassador, that that's gonna kind of help you. And then, then the third thing I would say is, uh, <laughs> have a lieutenant, you know, have one lieutenant, at least, you know, so that you're not doing everything with all the things we have to do, it might never happen. So get some dedicated, <laughs> convince your dean, to give you some dedicated resource, you know, for a couple of years to develop that concept note and to start shopping it, I would say, yeah.